Good evening, everyone. Oh, continuing in our learning of Pesukim Zimra, we're up to the parak of Haluka Halina Shias Hashem, which is found in Tehillim Kufnam Vav. The simple understanding of where this parak comes from in Pesukim Zimra is following the understanding of the Rif, who says Yichalki, Machelik should be for the people who are Gomer Halal, and the Gemara explains this refers to Pesukim Zimra, and as we mentioned, this includes according to the Rif Ashrei. As well as the last five prakim of Tehillim and Haluka Halina of Shias Hashem is included in that count and it's said subsequently right after Ashrei. The structure of this parak is actually four parts. The first part is an introduction that Dovin makes declaring that he will praise Hashem throughout his life. That goes for the first two psukim. Afterwards, Dovin then mentions in the second section from psukim Gimel to Bav. He basically recognizes or expresses recognition that Hashem is ultimately the one, the source of support for man, and other people that man relies on are actually not reliable. The third section following from that, Dov then expresses different descriptions of Akash Baruch Hu protecting different people, executing justice, protecting those who are hungry, needy, Yisomen Almanos. And finally, in the last section, David Amalek exclaims that Hashem's Malchus should expand forever. So going into the Psukim, David Amalek exclaims, Ha'aluka ha'li nafshiyas Hashem. Hashem should be praised, my, my nefesh should praise Hashem. And the question the Mepharshim asks is, what's the emphasis of nefesh? Why is David referring to his soul as being the source of halal? So the Radak understands this to be in contrast to, uh, to be a form of contrast. Haluka is as literally translated as they will praise Hashem. However, Dovah Melch is expressing that also the nefesh, the individual Jew, in his own personal way, is going to, going to also praise Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and that's the praise that we're emphasizing, both public and private praise of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Rav Hirsch notes, however, that the word nefesh doesn't just mean a person, but the soul, and he notes based off the Gemara and Brachos that the soul is actually very. Um, Similar in many ways, has many characteristics similar to our relationship with Akash Baruch Hu. The soul is invisible, and Akash Baruch Hu is invisible. The soul is the entity which allows the, the, the life force of the mankind to perform many actions. So, similarly, Akash Baruch Hu as well, um, even though he can't be seen, he's the source of everything else in, in this world to exist. So, Refresh explains based off that Gemara that Dover Malch is expressing that Nafshi, my soul, is actually the most fitting entity. Praise Hakadosh Baruch Hu because its its own self awareness is a great giloi rec- revelation of Hakadosh Baruch Hu in the world, and this says the first is the model of hollow because the word hollow doesn't just mean praise but it means to reflect, and the soul is a great is a paradigmatic entity which reflects that expression of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. That's what makes it appropriate for praise. After David Malach exclaimed that he's going to be giving praise. He then says, I will give praise to Hashem in my life. I'll give praise, I'll bring Zemr to Hashem in my OD, in my state. And the Mepharshim grapple about the double language, the, the, the two clauses, but also the nuances, why in the first part it talks about Halal, in the second Zemr, why the Shem Hashem is used in the first par- first clause, but the word Elokai is used in the second clause, and the difference between Chaye and OD. 
so the Radak understands these two clauses referring to different expressions of different um, mediums of praise. The first is Azama Hashem me as an individual, Be'odi, I will be giving praise to Hashem. Then, Vazamra, and then I will be also Mazamra to Hashem, which the Radak understands means that's an ex- expression of praise to the public. The Mamma has a different take on these two clauses, and he explains that the two clauses refer to two different experiences and relationships man has with Akash Baruch Hu. The first clause is referring to a general relationship a man has with Hashem. Hal Hashem In my life, the same way that everyone else lives, I recognize that Hashem is guiding it and, and running the show, running nature, and that's something, that interaction is worthy of praise. However, the Dov Ramelch exclaims that there's a deeper, more personalized interaction which he has with Hashem, and that is Be'odi, with the extra things that I'm given in life, and that's represented of Elokai, my God, there's a certain relationship I have with him, and that expresses itself in a higher level of song called Zemer, which is higher than Hala. Rav Hirsch understands that these two clauses similarly to the Mabim, with a little bit of a nuanced difference. He understands that the word Chaim is actually a greater expression of life, real living, versus Be'udi is representative of life when all of life's pleasures are removed from him. He's just in a state of being, Be'od, as he is. So Dawud Melch exclaims he's going to be praising Hashem in these two modes of life experience. He's going to give praise to Hashem when he's seeing life in its fullness. He recognizes the Shem Hashem, which is a Midas HaChesed. That's one form of praise. However, there's a second expression of praise, even Be'odi, when life is tarred and there's tribulations and troubles. And in that time, he won't be able to sing a full praise of Halal, but only a zemer, a, a tune, a humming of a tune, unable to express real praise, articulating it because of the given situation. But nevertheless, he recognizes Alokai. He recognizes that there's this connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu even during trying times. After Davar Malf gives this introductory remarks about praising Hashem as an individual, with his neshama, in his different contexts of experiences with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Davar Malf then progresses by laying the foundation, by exclaiming that we have to, it's appropriate to have one's faith in HaKadosh Baruch Hu and not on people who are arguably unreliable. So it begins, Don't rely, don't have your bitachon on people who are willing to give um, or people who don't have a salvation. And Rav Hirsch and the album understand that this section is really a follow-up of the previous section. As explained by the Mabim, we just mentioned talking about Hashem's closeness with man, Elokai Be'odi, and this is now an expression of Hashem's closeness. He's protecting man, um, even though other people cannot, uh, even though human beings cannot do so. Refersh understands it as well, following in his understanding that this paragraph, is a this section is a follow-up of the previous section, that even when a person is in a state of Be'odi, in a state of affliction, with no pleasures in, pleasures in life, Hashem is is going to be the one that's going to protect him. And that's that's a recognition of, I guess, Elokai, Hashem's connection with man. And this Pasuk is really exclaiming um, that man is not not reliable. Refers to the Mabim both note that the word Nadiv in this Pasuk refers to not a person who doesn't care about the individual who's suffering. He is altruistic and honestly desires to help the person. But nevertheless, Dabba exclaimed that we shouldn't rely on this person because 
He might not have the strength to facilitate this teshua. And as we'll see further, he might not be able to control his own life. He might be pass away before he's able to help. So the only help that a person really can have is from a Baruch and as the Radak explains, all those who help a person in his trying times is because Hashem ultimately wants that to happen. That's Ratzon Hashem. He's the ultimate orchestrator of this person's life. Dov Malch continues to exclaim how we shouldn't rely on people, we should rely on Hashem. If this person who's the Nadiv, he might, pass, he might depart his soul from this earth. By Amhu of the and on that day his thoughts of helping will be uh, removed and he won't be able to help. So contrasting to human beings, Davamach then, then brings in Hakash Baruch when he mentions Ashrei Shel Yaakov as Rav Fortune is the one whose help is the God of Yaakov. Sivro Al Hashem whose hope or expectation rests upon Hashem, his God. The Radak notes that he emphasized specifically the God of Yaakov, and not any of the other Avos, or Kla Yisrael, because Yaakov was the one who went through a lot of different tribulations and troubles in his life, and HaKash Baruch Hu guaranteed that he'll be protected. And through this guarantee, as the Malbim explains, then Sivro, his expectation will be Al Hashem, Elokov, with Hashem, his God, who um, has this past history of protecting Kla Yisrael, he's expecting that to happen as well. Our first notes additionally that the word Elokav is not just Hashem, but his his God. There's a relationship he has with him, specifically referring to Hashem as the guide of his life and the one who will bring him to his ultimate destiny. Davamel concludes that how do we know that Akash Baruch Hu is going to help them? Because and Aretz, the land and everything that's in it, the Basin and all that's inside of it. Hashomer Ms. Alam keeps the the truth forever. He safeguards truth forever. And the Mvarshim Rashi, the Malbim explain that this is a justification that we guarantee our we had have our Bitachan and Hakash Baruch because he created the world. Um, he has complete control over all of reality. So of course, Shomer Ms. Alam, of course he's able to you know, fulfill his guarantees going on forever. He's dependable. Um, both in our private lives and as the Radak emphasizes, um, even in our national lives being able to hopefully bring us to the Gula very soon. After emphasizing the importance of Bitochan and Hashem, and that he could control all of reality, there's that this Ashkacha that Hashem has. Dovr then goes into detail for the next three Psukim from Pasuk Zion to Tess, about different attributes that Akash Baruch Hu gives of, of protecting the people who are downtrodden, those who are afflicted um, in life. And as a background, just in understanding this, this context, many of the Mepharshim, as we'll see, will explain this to be referring to individuals getting divine assistance from Akash Baruch Hu. However, the Radak emphasizes that this is not just for individuals, but also for the, na- the nation of Kala Yisrael, that Hashem is protecting them in the state of Galas and, and, and bringing them out into the Geula. So the first Pasuk in this section writes, Oza Mishpal Hashukim Hashem does justice to those who are afflicting, gives bread to those who are hungry. Hashem releases those who are bound. There are three different attributes Hashem is given in this in this context, and the Mabim understands it actually in the reverse order. He explains that unlike people, contrasting it to the previous section, unlike people, when they free uh, a captive, 
they don't necessarily feel that they are obligated to do more because they've done their job of freeing the captive. However, Kadosh Baruch Hu goes beyond that natural t- human tendency and tries to do more. So the first stage is Hashem Atir Asurim. In time, Hashem will free the, the person who is bound. But even after that, Hashem does both two things. He is, does justice against those who were ashuk, those people who bound up the, the, the impoverished person, as well as Nosa Nacham Lareivim gives food to the person who was freed and is starving. Hashem supports him as well. This is, an, this, this is an expression, basically, of Hashem's extra care and hashkacha over people in the world. Refresh also understands this to be this pasuk to be read almost in the opposite order, but he understands it not in time, uh, a description of order of time, but in order of how Hakash Baruch Hu will reciprocate um, to man. And he explains that the more we recognize Hakash Baruch Hu as the Matir Asurim, that will enable that will enable the the realization of Hashem's midos in this world that He'll be Osa Mishpal Ashukim, um, affect justice to those who are cruel and who who are oppressing other people. Venosin Lachem Lareivim, and gives food to those who are starving. The people who are affected by. Uh, the circumstances that they that they were found. The next pasuk continues. Hashem opens the eyes of the blind. Hashem uh, strains those who are bent. Hashem loves the tzaddikim. And there is a discussion about what the definition of iver and kafuf is. It a literal interpretation or is it more symbolic? So the Radak understands that the word iver and kafuf are both referring to a symbolic blindness and a symbolic bend over, bending overness, uh, in the sense that darkness doesn't just mean physical darkness, it means the galos, and Akash Baruch is going to take us out of the galos. That's Pukech Ivrim, and Hashem's Zokev Kufufim, those who are poor and are bent over because of their status, Hashem will straighten them up and make them able to function. The Mabim understands that the Either the blind person is both someone who's physically blinded, but also intellectually blind, doesn't have the chachma of Hashem. And Hashem, and the person who's kafuf is a person who's an anav, a person who's bent over, or doesn't feel that he has a lot of chachma. And in both situations, Hashem will enlighten the person and heal the person uh, in this given situation. Uh, Rav, Sh- Rav Hirsch understands that the word iver refers to someone who's physically afflicted, and kafuf is referring to someone who's emotionally afflicted, bent over because of some emotional trauma. In all these contexts, Ashkosh Baruch Hu gets involved and helps the person. Similar to the previous Pasuk, uh, the Mepharshim try to understand the context of Hashem al Sadikim um, in light of the first two clauses of the Pasuk, Hashem Pukeh Ebrim, Hashem Kufufim. And as mentioned before, the Mabam explains that this this, this section about Hashem Ohayib Sadikim is the really the modification or the explanation for why Hashem is Pukeh Ebrim Kufufim. And he explains that the more we have a loving relationship with Akash Baruch, the more we're involved in that and deep in that relationship, the more Hashem will be more involved in actually helping healing the person himself from whatever happened to him, not just freeing him and giving him food, but affecting, affecting immediate healing. The first also has an understanding that Hashem Ohev Sadiqim is a modification of the first two clauses of this Pasuk, but he understands it almost as a conditional point, in the sense that the way a person will retain this Hashkacha is if a person commits to becoming a tzaddik, living a lifestyle of tzitkus, 
which is what Hashem loves. And that relationship, that commitment, enables this relationship to be further expressed with Hashem healing that person. We move to the last Pasuk in the section, Hashem Shomer is Gerim, Hashem protects those who are sojourners, Yasun Amana, the Yasun, the orphan, and the Amana, the widow. Yodeit, he will make them stand. V'derech Hashem Eves, and the Rishayim, their paths will be twisted. Uh, just uh, putting it in context, the word ger could either, either literally mean a person who doesn't have the same social status as other people, as Refresh explains, or the, as the Radak explains, it even refers to Klai Yisrael on a national sense because they're the ger and they're sojourners amongst the nations in their galas. The Malbim explains that this last Pesach is actually high, is a progression, a continual progression of the last two Pesachim. And he explains that HaKash Baruch has a very close relationship to those who are bereft of any protection. So they have a high level of Ashkach in this sense. So while we have a person, Hashem is protecting people who are as a Matir Asurim, that's one level of Ashkach, then Hashem has even more protection of Oib Tzadikim, but the, an even higher level of protection of Ashkach is for those who are downtrodden. That, and not only does Hashem protect them, He actually removes the people who are causing the problems, the Derech Hashem Mebeis, those who are trying to abuse these individuals, Hashem will not let them happen, um, and not let them be able to facilitate to actualize their plans, and uh, and take advantage of them, um, and that's an, an extremely higher level of, Ashka, of Ashkacha. After discussing praises of Hashem and and recognizing Hashem as the sole support of of man and the different attributes that Hashem has in, in his interactions with individuals and Kali so in general. Um, Dov Amal concludes with a declaration that Hashem will rule forever. And the Pasuk says, Yimoch Hashem Lama Hashem's rulership will, can, will be forever. Elokaich, Tzion, Lador Vador Haluka. Your God of Tzion will be also Malach for each generation. Haluka. And they will praise. There is a discussion about if this Pasuk is a, is a prayer for a future event, or is it just a continual recognition of Hashem's Malchus. The Rashi and the Radak understand this as a hope and prayer, hoping that Hashem's Malchus will come into existence in the future, in the Geula, with Hashem's children, the Jewish people, um, existing, and also the destruction of evil in the world, which is almost basically a follow-up, really, of the Pasuk Tess, as the Radak explains that the Ger is referring to the Jew and Gullus, and the Risham are the Risham are trying to defeat the Bnei Yisrael. So Hashem's ultimate, the prayer is that Hashem ultimately will be able to finish them off and enable the Gula to come and have Malchus Hashem ruled. However, Rav Hirsch and the Mabim understand this as a recognition of the continual presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In the, world of the, in the world of the Mabim, following his famous theme, that this is actually a reflection of two different Hamagas of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that are constantly in, in the world. The first one is Hashem's Malchus as the God of creation of nature. That's expressed Hashem the Olam, Hashem the Creator, the Olam, constantly always expressing this, na- this natural reign over the world. That's one type of Ashkacha. But the second one is Elokayich, which is Hashem's rulership um, expressed through miracles, and Lador Vador, um, overtly expressing miracles with different cir- in, in different circumstances in different generations. That is also an expression of Malchus, and that is continual as well. The Persh has a similar approach to the Malbim, understanding that these two clauses are referring to two different Anhagos of Hashem, 
but he has a different take. And he explains that the first clause is referring to Hashem's kindness for giving life. Hashem, the creator of life, he's always ruling, he's always expressing his rulership in the fact that life exists. However, there's a second level of Hadhaga, which is a Lukhaich Tzion. Tzion is reminiscent of Kimitzion Tese Sorah, the Torah, the Ratzon Hashem, which is expressed through the Torah. And the second Hanhaga is Hashem using life as a guiding tool for man to attain his destiny, which Rav Hirsch explains is the emphasis of Elokhaich, your God, meaning Hashem is the God of each individual who is trying to use life experiences and to guide man to fulfill the Ratzon Hashem, which is expressed through the Torah. So to put it all together, Tavarmach is trying to make a, a praise of a Baruch Hashgacha over individuals. And he begins with an introduction declaring that he's going to praise Hashem specifically through the Nefesh as an individual using his soul, which has characteristics reflective of a Baruch Hu. And he wants to do this praise both for himself and for other people, as well as in situations where life is good, as well as situations where life is bad, but he recognizes that there's this deep connection with the, which he has with the Kosh Baruch Hu. Then in the second section, David Malch initiates the praise. He recognizes, number one, that we can't rely on people, even though they're good-willed and they have good hearts. Uh, we can't rely on them because they, number one, might not have the strength, and also they might pass away, and they don't have the control over their own lives as well. Rather, we have to follow our protection. We have to rely on Kosh Baruch Hu. We have this close connection with him, and we have this recognition of Hashbarakh's protection even when we're in Baudi, in a in a situation where we don't experience good pleasures. And the reason is because we have we have the past experience. Hashem was the Kel Yaakov. He protected Hashbarakh in difficult times. And Hashbarakh also was the historic created the world. So of course he has the ability to protect us and he's going to maintain Shomer uh, MSC Olam for the individual, protect the person's ability to survive through hard times as well as the as a national protection, giving man, uh, giving Kleisel the ability to get to Geula. After recognizing Gashbaruch as the one who's going to protect man, uh, David Melch gives different expressions of that protection. Alternatively, it's a, for it, it could be a reference to individuals, but also could be references to uh, the nation at large. He first begins explaining that Gashbaruch protects, executes justice to those who are um, who are affected by tyranny and feeds the hungry. And all this is because, is an expression of HaKash Baruch Hu's extreme hashkacha over mankind. Not only does he do the basic chesed of freeing man, but he goes above and beyond to support the person who is freed and also ex execute justice on those who have oppressed that person. Alternatively, it's a recognition for us to the more we understand Kosh Baruch Hu, as one who's Matir Asirim, the more he will execute his Ashkacha on mankind. Similarly, Kosh Baruch Hu protects and heals those who are blind physically, intellectually, um, on a national sense, in the, in the Gavos, Hashem protects them all and frees them from their state of, of being. Either because, as the Mabim explains, this is a, a deeper expression of Ashkacha, because the there's a closer relationship a relationship of Ava with with man, or all this is because in reaction to the commitment that man has to Akash Baruch Hu to live a life of sitkos of righteousness, um, and that elicits a deeper expression of Ashkacha.
And the final expression of Ashkacha that is mentioned here in this parak is referring to those who are downtrodden either because of their social status or they don't have a parent or a husband to protect them. Hashem is their protector. Hashem has a high level of Ashkacha in this context. And it will protect them not only from situations but also from the people and defeat the people who are trying to afflict them. Ultimately, this parak concludes after mentioning all the different types of Ashkacha that Hashem has over men. Dava Melch exclaims that this Malchus, this this expression of Malchus, this Hashkacha, should continue forever in Ludar Vadar. This refers to either the ultimate Geula, or refers to a recognition of Hashem's Hashkacha currently in the world, both in his interactions of his Midas Achesed, of creating life, um, or his interactions, as Malbim emphasizes, of running the world in the, through the natural course of events, and additionally, through an added level of hashkacha, both in a supernatural way, as the Mabim emphasizes, or as our first understands, a hashkacha which is guiding men to fulfill the Ratzon Torah, which is represented in Sion. And now just taking a step back and putting this in the context of Tefillah, the reason why we're mentioning this parak after Ashrei, specifically, seemingly it is that after explaining the hashkacha Hashem over the entire world, supporting man and all living creatures through that hashkacha. We now transition from hashkacha of the world to hashkacha of individuals, of people, and that is an additional praise that we give to Akash Baruch Hu as he's interacting with mankind in a more deep, deeper and more personal way. And that itself is a praise that we're trying to emphasize in doing Pesukim as well.